Welcome to The Conversation, a podcast about technology, instructional design, and the learning sciences. Today, I'm talking to Brandon Dove. Brandon works at the Learning and Writing Center at Delphi University, and he is also a musician. He actually composed this music, this intro and outro that you've been hearing. Our conversation is about what is the Learning and Writing Center, what they do, how you should use them. But before we start, Brandon, why don't you introduce yourself? I work for the Learning and Writing Centers. Um, I coordinate their online services. And I'm also a student, I'm a, a master's student in the Educational Technology Program. And then I'm, I've been working for the Learning and Writing Centers, the work that I do at the Learning, Writing, Learning and Writing Centers, specifically because I'm trying to help build out different service models. When you couple that with the kind of work that I do in the EdTech program and the, and the sorts of things that I'm learning, a big part of my professional academic identity is kind of rooted in a lot of the sort of topics and matters that are more prevalent now than ever um, in that remote learning, online learning. And uh, aside from that, I, I also, I play music. Um, I'm a, <laughs> I was a gigging musician up until uh, March. Um, <laughs> we'll see what happens with that. Um, but I, I play and uh, perform music. I write music and that's sort of a second piece of my life. Nice. So what is your official title there? So my official title at the Learning Writing Centers is coordinator of virtual campus and online services. Because I was working on the admin staff, I was the one who would man the camera or try and figure out how to get our workshops live streamed or figure out what platform we were going to use. We also think about our presence in physical ways on the Garden City campus, Manhattan campus, or I was actually the Manhattan Center coordinator for a while. Oh, I didn't know that. There was a branch in the Manhattan Center. We try and have a presence in all of the satellite centers. So I did a lot of tutoring over at the Manhattan Center. Um, I was working with uh, primarily social work and school of education students, but I also helped build out and manage a very small staff there of GA tutors from those departments themselves. So now that the Learning and Writing Center is fully online, other than that shift, do you notice any other major changes in terms of what kind of students are coming to the center? They're really the same now, except the timeline is sped up because people need more help than ever, right? So you're like, it's like, okay, we need to really find ways to bridge these gaps um, and to try and help clarify what we do, both, you know, for whatever constituents, whether it's a student or it's a professor. Um, the Learning Center, the Writing Center, are these free for the students or are some parts of it free? 100% free. So um, there's no reason the students should not are not using this, right? Right, yeah, exactly. Um, when you or the tutors work with students, is it synchronous? Is it asynchronous? Is it combination? How does it work? Our primary modality would be sort of the model of synchronous, one-on-one, in-person tutoring, meaning a student or a member of the community would come in typically in a 30-minute or 60-minute interval to meet with one tutor, again, for help with building certain skill sets, um, maybe for specific help with a specific subject that they're struggling with in one of their classes, or they're trying to brainstorm for a project or a paper, or they have a paper and they want to get another set of eyes on it, that sort of thing. That also expands from one-on-one to group appointment. That may mean something like small groups that are specialized around particular areas. So, you know, we'll typically run small groups in Chem 111 study sessions, you know, a a physics study group, you know, it will be a little bit more regular, um, a little bit more like, you know, you sign up and it's once a week or, you know, once every two weeks or so, and it's kind of a group format thing. Then that expands a little further to like the in-person workshops and the workshops tend to be 
a bit more macro. So the workshops would be maybe on specific aspects of the writing process, like getting started or APA citation um, or quotes and paraphrases, right? Um, sometimes they're on, again, holistic academic skills like studying and note-taking, critical thinking. We've been kind of expanding into the learning metacognition, some of that. I was looking at the skills development page, which you have a list of um, things that students can come in for. So, you know, time management, studying, note-taking, you mentioned some of these. Um, are these all kind of single session the student would come in and they would be coached on one of these things? Are there follow-up sessions? How does it work? Does it depend on the skill? Um, it, it depends on the skill. Like, so sometimes they, they will exist as one-off workshops or a in the form of like a three to four session arc. A tutor will be seeing a student three to four times over the course of three to four weeks to help them build out a specific, one of those specific skill sets. In the case of say like time management, it's say sort of distributing or, or demonstrating a couple of different time management models. Right. I mean, it would make sense to follow up on to see, oh, did you work on this or? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, it wouldn't be out of the question to have a one-off session because you're helping somebody clarify something very specific because they're having trouble with, we're doing a chapter on major seventh chords and they're having trouble spelling them and they come in. It's like, this is what I'm really, this is the dot I need to connect. And I'm like, cool, well, let me, let's think about this, this way, this way. And then like, once they kind of clicks, it's like, oh, cool, I get this. And, but with something like critical thinking or even building the sort of habits necessary to evoke good note-taking and good studying. These things, I mean, they're ongoing, right? This, this is the kind of, it's a, a kind of learning that is ongoing. It needs to be continual. Are there things that sometimes you see students or even professors um, sending a student to the learning or writing center, they come thinking or expecting something, but that's just something you don't do. So for example, I know in other writing centers, um, they don't do editing. They're not going to look through your grammar for you. Um, is there any things that you see students come in and you have to tell them, oh, actually, we don't do that? Or The more specific it becomes, the harder, the more the temptation is there to just sort of do something for them. And the harder it is to sort of confirm that you're actually instilling a learning and an understanding versus like, okay, so this number is wrong. So if we correct it to this number, you get the right answer. You got it. And you just get like a head shake, you know? Um, so like, you know, the more specific you get, I think the more the temptation, the harder that temptation is, right? That, that sort of dissonance. And in the writing center, I think both in terms of student expectation, as well as recommendations from professors. A lot of times professors will say like the, the language and the grammar, you know, is pretty poor. And they say, okay, just go to the writing center to work on your grammar. Um, and so a student will come and say like the expectation, I think when, when what that might look like hasn't been really spelt out for them, the expectation is, well, I guess that means I'm giving you my paper and you're going to tell me everything that's wrong with it with like a red pen, you know, and fix it all. And then I'll handle it in. And that must mean that like everything is fixed. Now I can hand my paper in. Are there things that professors can do to help bridge what they need? Like when you said in your example, like work on your grammar, is that too vague? And is there something that professors can do a little bit better so that it helps the students and helps you and you know, the writing center work on the assignment on the writing more productively? So, I mean, the, the vagueness is certainly a, a strong dimension of it. But one of the things that I've seen also is just a professor, in, if they can help evoke some of that interaction earlier on in the process. And I, you know, I, I shudder to think, you know, the amount of, uh, the amount of work that I would be implying right now, um, to be created by saying like, 
I don't know, have more drafts or like give, give students feedback more often, you know, or like have projects that span or that will involve a certain level of contribution and feedback more than is typical, right? Because what I think it typically tends to be in terms of what I've seen is like, okay, there's a paper, it's due at the end of the semester, or, you know, it's due, here's your midterm paper, it's due this week, and you get assigned it like three weeks, three weeks earlier. And this week you, sounds pretty optimistic, it's not tomorrow or this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then like, you know, at best, like, okay, if you want, you can hand in one draft, the student will get the draft back like four days before it's due. And on that draft of their entire paper is when the professor is like, your grammar's bad. So look, visit the writing center before you hand this in. And by the time the student like actually, you know, they come to the writing center and the writing tutor is like, okay, so you're giving me a 10 page paper and telling me that you need to fix your grammar and your paper is due tomorrow. How am I, how am I not supposed to just solve all your problems for you right now? Because that's what my bosses are telling me to do is like not solve, not just like fix all your errors, you know? Um, so I just like more interaction, like more, more time for like feedback and, you know, that kind of thing. What are the best ways or have you seen kind of ideal ways that they can take advantage of either the learning center or the writing center? What is kind of the most productive way that they can come? Should they have some ideas? Should they have a draft? Should they have an outline? Should they, you know, is there kind of any thoughts along those lines that could help students decide like when they should come to you? I guess when you say something like ideal, you know, that I would characterize as ideal, meaning like a lot of times it was like the paper was assigned and some of these tutors who would become regulars, it's like, they'd be like, all right, Brandon, cool. Like I'm going to book a half hour with you now because like I, I'm starting to think about the prompt because it was given to me, but like, I know it's a couple weeks out. So just a half hour, because I want to just bounce some ideas off of you. You know, I want to make sure that I'm interpreting this correctly. Then they'd have another one where they had a bit of uh, say an outline or some of the first paragraph and you took where we left off, built that out into say like again an outline you kind of like put your sources inside of the outline you even wrote the first paragraph so now we're talking we're getting into like building this idea that you came with last time into a convincing thesis or into like a a really good well argued well crafted thesis without having to cram everything into one session so then like you did that we kind of worked with that a bit then maybe the next week during your last assignment we worked a bit on research and pulling quotes and like how to know when you're pulling an appropriate quote that actually supports your argument and so like we're building off of this this assignment you did last time um that skill now we're doing it again we're kind of re-edifying it now i mean that presupposes a few things. I mean, one is, as I said, the utter commitment, that particular kind of student who's just like, they're an adult, they're here, they have a family at home, they have a job, they mean business. They're like, I'm coming here, I'm staying here till 10 p.m. and I'll be here on Saturday. And um, it's hard to presuppose there will always be that kind of structured approach to it. Um, and it doesn't necessarily need to be there, right? That like, I need to come X amount of times, Everyone can benefit from getting reinforcements or getting help on the skills listed, not just students. Uh, and, and this is definitely true for the writing center as well. The, the ideal student that you talked about earlier, they have this self-awareness to, to say that I think I need help with this thing. I'm going to come to you. I'm going to make an appointment early on and work through it with you. And that's great. Um, I can see why those are the ideal students. But um, for if I was a student who looks at this page and I think, you know, I don't really think I need help on critical thinking or I don't need help on writing. Is there something you would say to them or recommend to them to say, why don't you just come by anyway? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's two pieces on that. One is just about, I think, the rhetoric 
of a, a, a tutoring center being something that's oriented towards remediation. Um, and that's a tough one. Like, as you said, like, one of the benefits of the ideal student is they don't see this academic support service as like support in the sense like a crutch so much as it is a tool. That's one of, one of the big ones that what I would want to say to somebody is like, I mean, we even have tutors who work for the center will book sessions with other tutors, whether it's for a, you know, a particular class that they're taking outside of their lane. And so like they're looking for additional support in that way. Or if it's just, I mean, we've even, again, we've even had writing center tutors submit their papers to other tutors because that's, I think, the, the nature of the way they see this is like a tool. This is like an additional tool that's available to me. So that's, I think, maybe maybe one of the first kind of messages. And then I guess the second one, a way that I've thought about this um, in a way, again, that my work um, in kind of the, in the digital realm has kind of expanded is to try and help even further break some of that down by orienting us, not just towards academic support, but kind of like within our core mission, orienting us towards engagement in one of those skill sets that you're looking at. You're not prompted by an assignment or you're not prompted by a referral or by a particular paper to come in. You're kind of by nature, if you're booking an, an appointment because you want to work on, you know, interpersonal com uh, communication, you're you're starting you're starting to hit that engagement piece, right? Um, you're kind of looking to just you're, you're kind of um, we tend to sometimes say uh, hypercurricular because it's not really co-curricular, right? But you're kind of like you're outside of you're trying to learn in a place that's not your classroom and it's related, but it's kind of open-ended. Um, you're looking to be engaged. Um, and so for me, that's been an interesting piece that I've been trying to help, which which by nature will then also help that stigma, which is like, how can we communicate to the community that this is also totally a place for you to go voluntarily um, for means of sort of like academic engagement outside of just like coming here because you have a specific issue. Do you, know? you guys have any formal relationship with the faculty center or the fa in FCPE? Because I, you know, when I think of FCPE, I think like it's the faculty version of the learning center and they focus on the faculty's needs and professional development. And it sounds like you are working on the student end. I don't know if there are productive ways of both of you to have conversations or anything. I'm just curious about that. You know, we would work with the FCPE or Matt Lavery or, you know, who or one of our coordinators might have worked with the FCPE in a particular, um, in a way that might have been similar to the way that a professor would, meaning like we had worked with this particular instructional designer on building a, like a video or a Powtoon, like, you know, or I, I remember like I came on and I had gone over there to, you know, record a voiceover for a, for an educational Powtoon. Um, it's actually, it's Ryan Sobeck who told me about the EdTech program. And I, I literally walked over to his office and I was like, I kind of feel like I should probably start hanging around you more often because I feel like there's a bridge here. Like I'm almost, I didn't even know the term instructional design back then. You know, I'm describing to him, like I'm trying to do on the student end, building up competencies and that kind of thing. And he was like, well, you should check out this program and, and, and the rest is history. Um, but I think the more I'm involved with some of the ed tech cohort, which seems to spill over to the FCPE, seems like you guys are working on stuff together often. The more like I get involved, it seems that the more that crossover seems to happen. And it's definitely been stated, at least on our, on our end, when we do instructional design, we talk about best practices. Um, I know FCP runs a lot of workshops along those lines. Like these are the things you should do. But I'm always curious from the student side, I'm teaching a class on online learning now, and I updated myself on the readings. And 
they gave a bunch of recommendations to have you know include these elements in there. And when I kind of informally tested it, it felt like the students were not looking at those things at all. And it seems like I would like to hear more about the student side. Like, are they engaging?、Um, and I know this is probably kind of outside the context of what the learning center is for. So I don't. I guess we don't want it. We shouldn't go there. But like, like、um, yeah, I'm just kind of curious about that. You know, if you are getting a lot of, or you notice a lot of students coming to you saying, you know, they're confused about how a course is designed or laid out or、um, something like that. That should be something that FCP should know. In some ways, maybe maybe this period of time, out of necessity, what could arise from it, right, is is a bridge in the way that you're talking about, right? I, I spoke about this this loop, right, this communication loop between instructors or professors and tutors、um, and, and students, right? I think what you're referring to is like another weird kind of loop, and I, I've heard it come up from the FCPE camp too, even the IT camp. Some sort of loop of communication or linking and common ground between the different entities on campus that are pursuing different angles of the online learning and remote learning challenge. When this episode comes out, is probably going to be a very busy time, certainly for students, if not for you. Is there something you want students to know that would help the students and and help、uh, the center? For someone who's in a particular spot where they're okay, it's the final week and the the window of opportunity for a, you know sort of a, a more grand multi-appointment arc. This is still a resource for someone like you. Having an extra pair of eyes in the case of a paper, you may totally benefit from submitting your paper to the digital Dropbox just for an extra pair of eyes, or to make an appointment for a half hour. To make sure the flow is good, that kind of thing, and just just get some feedback, you might find that's useful. In the case of the learning center, it's totally okay to come in with specific questions. You have some last minute studying tips, right? Like, or you're trying to understand certain concepts. Like, this is totally why we just expanded our hours and we're trying to just be always on during finals week. It's, we we get booked out. It doesn't have to be one hour. It could just be like a 15 or a 30 minute appointment because you have a couple of things, or you just you want one extra kind of look over.、Um, To then kind of take work on and submit, yeah, that's totally fine. Also,、um, and you know, the only thing I, I would just say is just、um, if there's any confusion on the technical end, what in terms of like how any of this gets done, reach out to us at <laughs> at one of our two emails. So just email the lear- learning center at adelphi.edu or writing center at adelphi.edu. You can even reach out via social media. If it's if it's Instagram or Twitter, it's probably me answering. So, like next week is a week before everything's due. Is there some advice you might give them? Okay, so if I'm working on this video for the capstone course, right? That's a great example of something that I could totally just use an extra pair of eyes throughout the whole process, or maybe towards the end as I'm finishing up, I'm like, what am I missing? Like I've been at this for like hours. I could totally not be seeing some inconsistency here. Even like five or ten minutes to have somebody else just watch it and be like,、uh, "This like this happened a little too fast. I feel like you you rushed through this part, or this is like not clear." I have the luxury of having people close to me who I could ask that of, right? Because like they're close in proximity because you know they're in the house right now. You can't expect the same of the entire Delphi community. So, like another thing that I I just wanted to close on to double down, not just let a tutor, but let a student tutor, meaning like let a peer, let someone who's also going through this with you. If you're someone who, to use my example, has a video or has that project that you've been going bloodshot eyes on, and you kind of could just use someone else to just give a little feedback for a half hour. If you don't have a brother or sister, don't worry. There's a peer tutor who's 
on a schedule who's able to do this for you. That's a good note to end on because I literally can't think of a single assignment that I have that wouldn't benefit from an extra set of eyes on it, whether it's a paper or a unit plan or a video, anything would benefit from another set of eyes. And it doesn't even have to be expert eyes. Sometimes it's better when it's not. You know, I definitely encourage students in my class and any class to come in, book an appointment and take advantage of the learning center and the writing center. Just so you know, we're totally continuing through the summer and stuff. So this is just totally relevant regardless of the kind of time frame. Uh, but okay, well, thank you, Brandon, for your time. Thank, and thank you so much for having me on. It was awesome. All right, thank you. All right, take, take care, care, guys. Bye. Bye.